Welcome to the Inkfeather podcast, which explores the worlds of sci-fi and fantasy books through those who bring them to life. Every other week, we chat with authors and industry pros about their books, including new releases and old favorites. I'm Lauren Zurchin from the Inkfeather Collective, and this is episode 42, where we chat with best-selling author Marissa Meyer. Hi, guys. It's been a while. <laughs> I'm excited to kick it off again with Marissa Meyer. Um, she and I actually recorded this episode in April, but the pandemic has kind of derailed so many people's lives, including mine. I struggled pretty heavily this spring with depression and, you know, job loss and all kinds of things that were really scary, um, the death in the family. So I kind of took some time off from the podcast, but I'm really excited to be back and I'm looking forward to it because I am kind of adjusting the format a little bit. So, um... So far, it's only been authors that I've brought you, and I love talking to authors, and I will continue to talk to authors regularly. I'm guessing one to two a month, but when I think about this podcast, it's never been a writing podcast or an author podcast. In my mind, it's always been a fantasy podcast, and fantasy is my company brand. It is basically what I do. I take fantasy photography pictures, and yeah, so I do fantasy across the board. So I was kind of thinking about this during quarantine, which frankly, I think one of the good things about quarantine is being alone with your own brain for multiple months, you kind of get to chew on things more. And so the idea kind of solidified from random thoughts I've had over the years to interviewing people who have basically fantasy jobs. Because one of my favorite things about talking to these authors is the fact that they are living the dream. So many of our listeners want that life, and I know there are other jobs out there that people feel the same way about. People whose careers are super interesting, and people hear and go, wow, that's so cool. Like, even if you personally don't think you would ever have taken that path, it's still really cool to hear from, like, an astronaut, or a professional ballet dancer, or um, an animal trainer. Like, these people who do these really cool, amazing jobs. And so I am going to start interviewing these people, too. So... I would love to hear from you guys. If you have like a dream job, feel free to message me on Instagram on Ink Feather Books, um, or you can send me an email. I just, I love the idea of this, and it's always fascinating to me what people think of as like dream jobs. So, yeah, so that's going to be coming soon. But like I said, we're going to keep it with authors too. I'm going to, that is always going to be the foundation of this podcast and something I love. And so I am really excited to kind of be bringing it back with Marissa Meyer. We recorded this in April, so we were kind of in the in the trenches of the initial lockdown, which some states are still kind of doing that now. So yeah, we talk about pandemic, and we talk about all kinds of great things. We actually talk about um, the reissued covers of her Lunar Chronicles books. We talked about um, her new podcast, which she launched during the pandemic. We talk about her upcoming contemporary romance, uh, contemporary with a little magic. It's called Instant Karma, and it comes out later this year. We talk about writing. We talk about all kinds of stuff. So you definitely want to check it out. Um, and I do want to say that this episode is sponsored by Hank Green's new book, A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor. And if you're not sure who Hank Green is, he is a vlogger. Uh, he vlogs with his brother, author John Green. And they were the vlog brothers. And they also have um, Crash Course and SciShow, really great YouTube channels. And he has written some books. So Hank's first book, An Absolutely Remarkable Thing, was released in 2018, and it is the story of a young woman who is thrown into fame during a global crisis in the form of contagious dreams and mysterious 10-foot-tall robots that appear in every major city. 
The Associated Press said it was a thrilling journey that takes a hard look at the power of fame and our willingness to separate a person from the brand. And Book Reported said that it was perhaps as honest a look as we will ever get into the phenomenon of cyber fame. Also, the San Francisco Chronicle said that it is sparkling with mystery, humor, and the uncanny, and this is a fun read, but beneath its effervescent tone, more complex themes are at play. So that first novel is out in paperback at your library, and it's also really cheap in audio form. And the conclusion of the story, A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor, is out to sparkling reviews. So Hank wanted his publisher to sponsor a ton of small podcasts, uh, and they said it was too weird. <laughs> so instead, Hank, being awesome, took 5% of his advance from the book, and he did it himself. So here we are. Thanks, Hank. <laughs> um, Library Journal starred reviews said, throughout this adventurous, witty, and compelling novel, Green delivers sharp social commentary on the power of social media and both the benefits and horrendous consequences that follow when we give too much of ourselves to technology. So, A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor just came out on July 7th, this past Tuesday, and it's in physical, audio, and ebook formats wherever books are sold. Uh, or you can just go to hankgreen.com and it will direct you where you need to go. So yeah, check that out. I have not read these. They sound awesome. And I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, I'm excited that, you know, Hank's helping the little guy, you know. So anyways, so definitely check those out. And um, as for me recently, I've been reading a ton of contemporary romance novels. Uh, I've read Sally Thorne. I've read Tessa Bailey. I've read the Bromance Book Club books. Um, I read the Sweet Filthy Boys series by Christina Lauren. I had never read those before, and I really liked them. I also read the upcoming Laurel K. Hamilton's, the new Anita Blake book that's coming out later this year called Sucker Punch. It was excellent. It's, if you're an Anita fan, um, it's definitely a throwback to the older style where it's like murder mystery, whodunit kind of thing. And obviously there's beloved characters like Edward and all of the, <laughs> all of the good guys that we love and you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse and um, a lot of good romance, but not as heavy. It's really a murder mystery heavy book. So that was a really fun read. I also recently read Beach Read by Emily Henry, which came out not that long ago, and I loved it. It is one of my favorite contemporary romance novel reads uh, this year. And I would say I liked it because even though it has some light elements, there's some really great like heart that happens in these books. There's a sadness to it in a good way. And just like character development and depth that I really, really appreciated and enjoyed. So it's basically about uh, two people who were college kind of frenemies and are now uh, next door to each other over the, uh, over the summer in some lake houses. And they're both writers. She writes romance and he writes like contemporary literary fiction. And they're both struggling with writer's block. So they challenge each other to write the opposite. So he has to write a romance and she has to write the next great American novel. And it's amazing. I loved it. Um, I've also reread all of the original five Percy Jackson books because the Heroes of Olympus, which is the next five, my friend has been telling me about forever. I have yet to read them and she just keeps going like, they're the best ever, you have to read them. And I really wanted something light um, during the pandemic. So I, I totally threw back to those because uh, I wanted to refresh my mind and oh God, I just love those books so much. Uh, technically they're middle grade, but my goodness, they just resonate and the writing's great and he's funny and so now I'm on Heroes of Olympus I'm almost done with the first book in um it's called The Lost Hero so yeah that's been really fun too and of course I'm 
needed some comfort reading, so I reread Red, White, and Royal Blue because that came out about this time last year, which is like one of my favorite books ever. <laughs> uh, if you have not read it you and you like romances, you need to read it now. Basically, the first son of America, the son of the president, falls in love with the future king of England. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, and also, I'm rereading one of my favorite series, which is the Night Huntress novels by Janine Frost. Uh, so the cat and bones story. There are basically, there's all kinds of offshoot series of side characters within this world, but the original like seven book series uh, is really fun to visit. And so I'm rereading those as well. So yeah, it's just so many books, you guys. <laughs> I think I set my goal at 104 for the year, like I always do, which is about two books a week. I think I'm like six books ahead still. And I still had like a month where I didn't read. So yeah. So yeah, let me know what you're reading. I would love to hear. Um, please let me know. And also, before we get into Marissa's interview, uh, I have teamed up with her publisher to give away an, a copy of Cinder with the new reissued covers, which are just beautiful. If you haven't seen them, definitely check them out. Um, it is for North America only. But um, yeah, it's going to be a giveaway. And I will have a clue throughout the podcast so definitely check it out and listen and that will be for big time entry bonus points so don't miss your chance to enter to win this awesome copy of the book all right so now on to the interview with marissa i hope you guys enjoy Marissa, welcome to the Ink Brother podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm stoked to have you. This is like so exciting to be talking to you on the official Ink Feather podcast. Uh, Marissa and I, for those of you listening, were reminiscing a little bit before uh, we got recording here. And she and I actually met, uh, God, seven years ago. Uh, it's one of my all-time favorite interviews. And actually, if you scroll all the way back, the very first inaugural technically quote-unquote ink feather podcast episode is this uh interview i posted it because it was so much fun uh it was marissa and me and lee bardugo in a lobby of a hotel in san diego comic-con leaning over on my laptop basically talking about their books <laughs> good times yeah. memories it was so long it, ago it's amazing it was so long ago and i did a little like like publishing research before we got on and I was curious and basically Scarlet had come out and Siege and Storm had come out so you both had two books out mm. and you were both genuine fans of each other's books which is why it was one of my favorites because literally I think there's one point where you're like well when you had Nikolai do this and she's like yeah but you had Thorn do this and I'm, they were like who would be better Thorn or Nikolai we should have them meet and it was like oh my god this is the best thing ever yeah <laughs> in so my good. my head canon Thorn and Nikolai are like best friends they're so oh BFFs. totally <laughs> Causing mischief and mayhem everywhere they go. I love that so much. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of talk to you uh, right now because we just got beautiful, incredible new reissues of the four original Lunar Chronicles books. We did. They're so pretty. Oh my gosh. They're so pretty. I bought them immediately. I have all four of them. They're sitting on my shelf. Um, I am just blown away. So like what, t tell us about them for those who maybe haven't seen them, describe them a bit and like, why now? Why did we do these reissues? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I'm not honestly entirely sure what the logic is. Um, my publisher <laughs> just told me maybe maybe about this time last year um, that they wanted to reissue the books with all new covers. Um, and I mean, I think just for a from a publisher's standpoint, um, 
that if you have a series that you now kind of want to breathe new life into, this is one yes. way that they can do that um, and, and give it kind of a facelift and, and you know, trends change and artistic viewpoints change. And so yes. I think they kind of wanted to, to, you know, make it new and fun for a new audience. Uh, and so they found this amazing artist. His name is Tomer Hanuka. And he has redone the covers. And in the original covers, um, if people remember, they were very kind of iconic um, and very fairy tale focused. Like you could see Cinder's glass slipper and you could see the apple from Snow White and these things. Yep. Um, Scarlet's like Red Riding Hood cloak. Exactly. Definitely. Yes. Um, And beautiful covers. And I've always loved my original covers, um, but not... They were not strictly based on the book so much as like this is a sci-fi retelling of this yes. fairy tale. Um, whereas the new covers, uh, Tomer really took the characters um, and we get to actually see the characters in their world uh, on the covers. And they're so cool. And the, oh, the they so just look cool. so amazing. Oh my gosh. And I love it. I, yeah, I keep finding myself... Um looking at them and just like I bring them out and I look at them <laughs> like I do <laughs> I was I was like finishing Crest last night because I wanted to do a reread of the, the series just to have it like fresh in my head and I'm on winter now I didn't get through winter yet but I'm I'm like okay that's pretty good I got through most of three and a half that's a big but, commitment uh, it's a lot of pages yeah, uh, well and I did them um, I've been doing them mostly on audio because you know, mm. I'm a photographer so I can edit while I listen to audiobooks nice so I've kind of been jumping back and forth uh, between the editions and the uh, my audiobooks and so but it's been fun to just like see all the little details and how he really captured the characters and their vibes and like it's amazing and then you also have really cool art in, in like right on the inside and I love how you kind of decided which scene for him to draw so talk us talk to us about that yeah so the my publisher so originally when they were um had first asked homer to create um some potential concept art for the cover of cinder um he submitted a a bunch of ideas and i didn't see most of them because they picked their favorites to show to me um Mm -hmm. and we ended up with the you know a picture of cinder in the market doing her mechanic thing which was we loved. Um, but then he also had submitted a scene from the ball that takes place at the end of the book, which we also loved. And, um, I think it was the publisher, Gene Fywell decided, well, let's use them both. Um, and we'll have one for the cover and then we'll do this like bonus step back art. When you open the cover, you see this beautiful illustration, um, taken straight from a scene out of the book. Um, and so we all thought that's brilliant. Let's go for it. And then, of course, now we need to decide what is going to be the step-back illustrations for the next three books. Um, And for that, I actually went on social media and asked readers to send me. I didn't tell them what for because it was still top secret at that point, um, but asked them to submit what are your favorite scenes from the books. Um, And we took a look at what readers were submitting um, and pretty much chose based on their, their feedback. And so then... Um, in Scarlet, we see the the train scene. Um, yeah, so there's actually a couple train scenes, but one of the train scenes in Scarlet. Um, in Cress, you have Cress and Thorn in the desert, and then in Winter, which is my personal of the the four mm-hmm. step backs. I love um, it's the the scene in the menagerie, and I won't I don't want to give you know, spoilers for people who haven't read the books, but 
it's it's very swoony <laughs> i love it it's so swoony it's such beautiful art and and if you haven't read the books and you don't want to be spoiled don't go digging for the art because it literally is like oh this happens okay <laughs> but <laughs> which but it's like if you've read it you're like yeah that happened okay and you can like see how beautiful he made the scene and all this cool stuff around him and oh my gosh it's it's they're really really cool cool to to just like peruse even like the little details of winter like her animal menagerie and like the the costumes and like the details just like chris's hair even like the fact that it's around her wrist because she always had that thing like he really nailed those little details that really did really captured the characters yeah and i'll say i mean i can't give too much away but we are going to be re-releasing uh fairest and stars above um also with new artwork by tomer uh and some of the the things that he's done with those is spectacular and um especially in the stars above step back uh i i won't tell you what scene or what it's from but the details that he's chosen to put into the picture um have made me really really happy and i actually had to go back and reread the story because i was like oh i forgot about that and it just made me you know excited to be to kind of have my head back in this world all over again that's actually one of the questions i have for you was like how was it kind of revisiting the original story because you've written you know the graphic novels are kind of after the fact the, the stars above is sort of like the in-between stories sort of backstories of our characters uh fairest is the backstory of lavana the the kind of the villainish piece of woman of the of the series mm-hmm. so like kind of reimmersing yourself because you've been in the in the renegades trilogy for the past however many years now um, yeah. What was it like kind of getting your head back into those original four, just like even just with this kind of revisiting in this iconic scenes? Yeah, it's great. You know, when I finished writing the Lunar Chronicles, um, you know, I'd been in, I think it took me like eight years start to finish. Um, and so I'd, I'd been living in that world for so long. Mm. And I, of course, loved the characters and had formed such a strong bond. Uh, and I mean, they really just kind of felt like hanging out with some close friends. But at the same time, like by the time I finished the series, I had so many ideas of other books that I was excited to pursue that it was kind of a relief to like set this world aside and go on and do some of these other things that I was really excited about. Um, But I these doing these covers really came at the perfect time where, okay, I'm done with Renegades. And I was kind of starting to miss the Lunar Chronicles a little bit. Um, And as a writer, like it's, it's you can't we don't read our own work like for pleasure and enjoyment. Um, It's really difficult to read something you've written with an eye of, Oh, I'm just going to read this fun story and enjoy it. Like you can't help but critique. Um, But at the same time, I I love these books. I mean, they, they are in my heart um, and they are very much a part of me. And, and so it was, it was fun to have this other way to go back and reconnect with the stories and reconnect with the characters um in in something that was just fun and that I could then share with the readers as like look at this new cool thing that we can all gush about yeah it it was you know for people who have been fans for the the long haul from the beginning I am one of those people I I actually have arcs of the first three books Mm -hmm. I'm looking at my shelf, so I'm like, I'm like way <laughs> old, old school. Here. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I have all of them. People are like, can I have your arcs? I'm like, nope. They're they're <laughs> they are treasured to me because they were, you know, there was like, there's a magic when you connect with a story. And you're like, yeah, this is gonna be something, and that's how I felt reading these books. And um, 
yeah, so it is fun to kind of be able to revisit um, these books. And I just forgot how much I loved them. I haven't read Aww. them in a few years. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, one of my favorite things about them is, um, you know, and I think this is an argument for a lot of series and things. It's it's you'd fall in love with these characters and then you maybe don't see them again if, if it's a standalone. But, you know, and, and like you have primary main characters in each book that are kind of the main technical person but we see all the other characters you bring them along so we get to stay with these characters and these people that we love Mm -hmm. um which is just wonderful as a reader you're just like immersed because you're just like i want to know what's going on with cinder with kai and with Cress, and who's happening and we we know we we stay you keep us abreast of that so um yeah they're a pleasure to read thank you so you are working on another book right now that's coming out in the fall, which we will talk about in a little bit. But um, right now, because we're all under kind of quarantine, I'm wondering if this was because of this or if this was also something you had in mind before, but you recently started a podcast. I did. Yes. My new fun experiment. <laughs> yes. It's very cool. Tell us about it. Sure. So it's called The Happy Writer. Um, and it is something that I had had in my head for a while, um, I, I, I'm really interested in positive psychology and wellness, and I feel like there is this, um, there can be a lot of negativity sometimes, not surrounding writers so much as the stereotype of writers, um, and this idea that like you have to be angsty and depressed and like we all Moody drink too just... much. And <laughs> Hemingway, um, you're all Hemingway is basically what you're saying. Yeah. And of course <laughs> there are true struggles and challenges that come with being a writer. Um, but at the same time, like I feel that there's also a, a tremendous amount of joy and fun that comes with being a writer. And I really love what I do. And I think a lot of writers also really love what they do. Um, so I started this podcast, The Happy Writer, and it's pretty much just me getting to talk to other writers, um, some who are friends of mine and some who are debuts who I've never met. Uh, mm. But we just kind of talk shop for a while and talk about their books and their process and you know, what are some ways that they overcome challenges or what are some ways that they bring you know more joy into their writing. Um, and that's kind of the the idea behind it. And I just put up my third episode this morning uh, and I have a bunch more kind of uh, in the works and it's been super fun so far. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I was really impressed. I was like, you've launched a week ago and you've got three episodes up. I'm like, go Marissa, like get those out girl. You are just cranking. Like, okay, next interview. Who do I know? Let's go. Like, yeah. Cause you obviously in the industry, you're like, okay, publicist, who else can I talk to? It's not like you won't have a you know, a shortage of people to talk to. And, you know, as long as it's fun and you're feeling it, um, do it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I do this. I do it because I love hearing what you guys have to say, you know, it's, and I love that your foundation behind it wasn't just, just straight the idea of talking shop, which is interesting, but that it's the whole, like, oh, I hate that it, this has this premise of negativity and I want to celebrate the joys of being a writer. And that was kind of your idea foundation, which is very cool. I love that you're doing that. Thank you. Thanks. No, it's been really enjoyable. Um, and hopefully, like so far, people seem to be enjoying it. And I've had good feedback. Um, so yeah, I mean, the test, you know, we'll see the the test of time will tell um, how well it goes on an ongoing basis. But so far, I'm really enjoying it. And so yeah, 
Cool. I don't do well with idleness. It's funny being in quarantine. Yeah. You know, and I'm also like in this weird <laughs> place where I'm I'm between books um, because I, I finished up my book that comes out this November. Um, I have three other projects currently, either with my editor wow. or my agent. Um, and so like I have another book to start on and I'm kind of in the early like researching brainstorming phases, but I'm not actively writing anything right now. And yeah, my brain just doesn't do well in, in with that. And so it was like, let's start a podcast. Let's do something else. And, uh, you know, because you're being isolated, we're all being isolated because you live in, um, Washington state, right? I do. So, yep. So you're like really hard hit there. Um, on one of the earlier spots in America that have been kind of ugh, like yeah. all this stuff's been happening. Yeah, so. no, we were kind of ground zero. Um, but we've, I mean, all the the media right now is saying that Washington has done a really great job. Um, like we're really good at following directions here in Washington. Um, so you know, I think uh, as far as as much as possible, we've been you know doing the social distancing, and it does seem to be helping. Um, but my heart really goes out to places that, I mean, New York, of course, is being hit yeah. so hard. Um, and you know, you just, the people are just so crowded. There's so many people, um, that what, what can you do? Uh, so yeah, yeah. man, it's scary. It is. Scary. It is. Wow. And I also, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying, um, the idleness thing regardless of you being wired that way, I think that's a relevant thing that most people are feeling right now because even if you're home, like say with your kids and you have to school them, like mm. you can't do the normal things that fill your life all the time because you can't go out, you can't socialize in the way you traditionally do. You can't um, just live your life as you have known to live it. So there's this, I I'm finding uh, with me and my friends, there's this like, okay, now what? Like, okay, how can we like not go crazy, not feel depressed and wallow? And so it's like finding new creative ways to kind of, um, you know, find that inspiration and joy in the midst of the quarantine. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's really, in really important right now. Um, and to find ways to take care of ourselves. And like, for me, being busy and having passions that I, having projects that I'm really passionate about, um, that is one of the ways that I take care of myself and one of the ways that I keep myself energized. Um, but I think there's also people who, like right now, they're feeling, oh, I should be productive, I should be doing more, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I'm, I just, I, ha I have too much anxiety or whatever it is. Um, and I think that's also okay. Like if your way of taking care of yourself right now is to just read more books and take more baths and spend more quality family time, like that is also completely valid. Um, so I think that we all just need to be doing whatever it is that we need for ourselves. Yeah, I read an article or a post from a psychiatrist, I think it was, who was like, so even if you stay at home and not much of your schedule's changed, you know, don't beat yourself up if you're not being as productive because you're downplaying the amount of mental energy used by this low hum anxiety that we all are feeling right now. Mm -hmm. Like. So it's just that, like, don't beat yourself up, kind of like what you were just saying, but it's like, oh, it made it made more sense to me because I also work from home and I'm the same. I'm like, why am I not getting more stuff done? Yeah. Oh, because the world's falling apart around you and you're <laughs> trapped in your house. That's why, you know. Yeah, and pe your schedule is off and, like, you know, I, I can't go to the gym like I usually would and I'm not taking my kids to school like I usually would and things are just different and that there's an adjustment period that needs to happen. Yeah. No, I'm glad you're, you know, kind of throwing your – 
creative juices at the podcast right now that it felt like a good time and you were home and um, I'm really excited to see how this goes for you and what else you know though how it grows and all the cool guests you're gonna have and yeah it's it's really fun I'm I'm really I was just so excited when I saw that you posted and the photo you have because you're looking so cute in the photo <laughs> looking up like yeah it's smiling and I was like, oh, the happy the happy writer it's so I cute like, yeah, I really am a happy writer generally for the most part <laughs> oh gosh oh that's so funny even though you sometimes write some scenes that are harrowing oh <laughs> well, I know I know but even those like you know <laughs> like evil evil laughter a little bit <laughs> I mean they can be really fun scenes to write the 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 really dark and the eerie or the even violent, um, you know, bad things happen in books. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that I've never written anything that didn't have a, a really strong emotional um, effect on me because I certainly have. Uh, but even then, I mean, experiencing those emotions and putting myself through those things, I think can be kind of therapeutic sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and that's part of, I think, being a creative, and I use that in a broad sense because I think that, you know, it applies to variations of, of art where, you know, that's why we create is to, to touch our emotions, to tap in and to spread them and have others connect with them too. So, yeah, um, yeah that totally makes sense. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this interview with Marissa. I just wanted to remind you one more time about Hank Green's new book, a Beautifully Foolish Endeavor, which came out uh, Tuesday, July 7th, earlier this week. Uh, it is the sequel and conclusion to his first book, which is an absolutely remarkable thing. So definitely go check those out. And if you are interested in entering to win that copy of Cinder from the publisher with the new covers that she talked about, um, there is a slot on the entry form, which is attached below in, you know, and you can check it out. Uh, for a surprise phrase. So the surprise phrase is going to be the name of that Hank Green book, which is a beautifully foolish endeavor. So yeah, if you want to stick that in, write it down again one more time. It's a beautifully foolish endeavor by Hank Green just came out and you can use that for some big time entry points for the giveaway of Cinder. Okay, now back to the interview. So you're saying you are, you actually have four books in the works right now? Oh my gosh, that's, <laughs> and a fifth one you need to start. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Because I literally was like, wow, she's got, I think it was 12 books under your belt, 13 with the coloring book, if you count the graphic novels. That, that sounds was right, yeah. And I was like, man, this is cool, but like, what else is going on? Because Renegades is done. It's like, oh, I wonder what she's doing. Oh, you're doing a lot. So, so what much. can you tell us? Like, what's <laughs> going on here? I know you probably can't tell a whole lot, but. I can't. You know, the ones that, that are with my, my editor and agent, um, I, I, I don't know that I can say anything. I can say one's a graphic novel, um, cool. and one is actually a nonfiction uh but really? but i can't That's yeah cool. but i can't they haven't sold um so fingers crossed my publisher seems really gotcha. encouraging about them so far um and so i'm really hopeful that there it's going to happen um and i'll be able to talk about them but right now hasn't happened yet so we're just keeping our fingers <laughs> crossed um but i can of course tell you about my next book that's coming out um it will be out this november it is called instant karma and it is my first foray into YA contemporary romance, uh, but with kind of a magical twist. Um, awesome. It's about this girl, Prudence, who lives in a you know, really quaint little seaside town. And after singing a song at karaoke one night, she gets this inexplicable ability to cast instant karma on the people around her. 
Um, and she she uses this power to great effect, uh, punishing people for littering uh, and for like able-bodied people parking in the handicapped parking spot and that sort of thing. Um, however, there is one boy uh, who is her lab partner in school in, in biology, and she cannot stand him. He drives her bonkers. But every time she tries to punish him, it ends up backfiring. Uh, <laughs> and so over the course of this summer, uh, these two characters end up both volunteering at a sea animal rescue center. Um, and she you know, tr is trying to figure out why her power doesn't work on him, of all people. And of course, there's romance and swooning. And it was a lot of fun to write. I really, really enjoyed writing this book. So I'm super excited for it to come out this year. Oh my gosh. You should see, I have like the biggest grin on my face right now. Like, <laughs> this sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, that must have been so fun to do. Like, because you've been immersed in, I mean, technically the Lunar Chronicles are our world, but like way in the future. And yeah. like, you know, Renegades, is, you know, like they have... They're they're way more less contemporary, if that makes yes, sense. Yes, no, how to say they're, that. They're way more less contemporary. <laughs> yeah, um, but this one, other than I mean, that obviously is a magical twist, but it's, it sounds like it's just like any normal here and now. I mean, how was that in the writing? Did you find it to be harder than you thought? Was it? Did it feel kind of the same? Oh, I found it really refreshing. Um, I mean, I've of course loved writing all of my previous books, but. Mm -hmm. uh, so much world building and yeah. so much thought just into like, what are the politics of this world like and the technology um, and like in Renegades in particular was kind of like writing just one long action sequence. Um, and <laughs> that makes sense. So, yeah. And so with, with Instant Karma, I mean, it's a quieter story. Um, it's a sweeter story, not a ton of world building other than like having to name all the cute shops on the boardwalk. Um, and <laughs> that's adorable. I know, and it was really, really fun and kind of got to exercise my creativity in a very different way. Um, and then like, there's no fight scenes. There's no epic battles. Uh, you know, spoiler, nobody dies. Um, and, and so it was really great and a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, kind of a, kind of a breath of fresh air book. Well, and I'm sure it was probably fun too, going in, knowing that it was very romance heavy. Yes. Um, cause you have great romantic scenes in these books, but they are not the be all end all of the stories. Yeah. They are something that readers enjoy and I think are important to the stories, but yeah, that's not it. Whereas this is like you said, contemporary rom calm mm -hmm. with magic for YA like it sounds very romance heavy so I'm sure that must have been a fun treat to kind of be able to lean into that a bit more yeah super fun um in all of my books the romance aspect is always my personal favorite part of the story yeah. to write um and like even there are times when I'm like okay Marissa you have to get through this big battle because at the end of this big battle there's kissing like, if we can just get through this, then you can get to have a cute little quiet romantic moment. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, always the carrot on the end of the stick for me. Um, and so definitely while my previous books haven't uh, been romances um, necessarily, there's always that romantic element, um, oh, totally, which is, yeah. you know, really enjoyable for me to, to craft the, the arc of these two characters falling in love and coming together and overcoming their differences. And I just really enjoy that. 
Um, and so, yeah, with Instant Karma, I had a great fun. It's also my first time writing um, kind of the enemies to lovers trope, which, which is the best I ever. love. I love as, so a, as a reader. It is my absolute favorite. Um, and then I used yes. to write a ton of Sailor Moon fan fiction when I was a teenager. I knew that about you. Yes, I yes. knew that about you. I, it is not a secret. I'm very proud of my fan fiction roots. Um, yes. <laughs> and back then, like writing the love story between Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask, it was all hate to love romance. And that was my candy. And so writing this book and getting to have that trope at the forefront was very much like going back in time and like, oh, I remember why I enjoy this and the banter and the fighting and the like, oh, I so want to strangle him, but I also secretly want to grab him and kiss him. And like, oh, I just love that so much. It's very enjoyable to read. I just read, um, have you, I don't know if you read like adult uh, romances at all. I just read Well Met. It is, uh, I have Jen it. Deleuza. I have not read it yet, but I, I have it's, it on my shelf. I saw a reviewer call it charming as hell, and I was like, yep, that's the description. Like, it is the, it is so, basically, this girl goes to, like, take care of her sister's, uh, her sister and her daughter, because their sister broke her leg, and for the summer, she has to volunteer at the Renaissance Festival with her niece, and the guy who runs it is such a nightmare, and she's like, oh, he's such a jerk, but then he's like, at the Ren Festival, he puts on this character. He's like a hot pirate guy. She's like, uh, jerk guy's really hot. And what's up with this long hair now? And he's like making eyes at her. And she's like, what the heck? Who is this guy? And oh, it's so fun to read. Oh my gosh. That's so I, that is awesome. very fresh in my head because I, love... I just did that. It's, yeah, it's, that is such a good trope. I'm glad you got to like finally play in that. I cannot wait to read this book. That sounds so much fun. I hope you'll enjoy it. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm super excited. I can't wait for it to come out are you thinking for the next little while you're going to try to like stay away from big series? Oh, good question. So I know what my next book is going to be. Um, it will be a return to fairy tale retellings, although I cannot tell you which fairy tale. Um, yes, but my next one, so it's going to be a fairy tale retelling and I'm, that's the one that I'm currently researching and, and kind of figuring out, um, so at this point, I don't know if it's going to be a standalone. My guess is it'll be a duology, um, but I haven't figured out enough of the story to know exactly what I'm getting myself into with it. Um, <laughs> like you're in the beginning, beginning. Yeah, right now. very much so. Uh, and so, yeah, maybe, maybe it will be a series. We will see. Um, and then Instant Karma, I have planned at least one companion novel. Um, so mm -hmm. not a not a sequel um, necessarily, but uh, a story that takes place in the same world um, with one of the side characters. And if readers really love it, I actually have a few ideas for different companion novels that I could do oh, um, in that that world. So we'll see. Th those are always fun because yeah. it's like you fall for like the best friend or like this funny you know, the comic relief guy, and then you get their story sometimes. Exactly. So that's always really fun to read for sure. Um, have you been doing a lot of reading during your self-imposed and government-imposed quarantines? <laughs> Not as much as I would like to be, which I feel like is always my answer. I, I never am reading as much as I wish that I was because um, there's just always, always more books to read. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I have been reading uh, when I can, of course, always. Have you read anything good lately that you would recommend? I always ask authors this because, you know, our readers, they read across the board and it's always fun to hear what has piqued your interest. Yeah, no, right now. So I'm trying to read 
some of the books from the authors that I'm interviewing on my podcast. Um, and so right Excellent. now I am in the middle of Sandhya Menon's newest of Curses and Kisses, which is mm. a, it's a contemporary retelling of Beauty and the Beast that takes place in like this very elite boarding school. Um, and the, the romance is kind of between this Indian princess and uh, this like British nobleman of sorts um but contemporary and it's it's really cute and i'm loving it <laughs> um i feel like that didn't come out that long ago did it no very I recently i think seen... february yeah maybe yeah uh, i've seen the cover floating around a lot recently so mm -hmm. um good that's a good one to pick up any others that you've read um gosh what so i'm also listening because I always have something going on audio audio um I'm listening to The Kingdom by Jess Rothenberg uh which fans of the Lunar Chronicle should definitely check out it is a how would you describe it it's kind of a science fiction story that takes place in like a futuristic version of Disneyland um in which huh. all of the the princess characters are androids um, but you, you begin to uncover that there are, they're being mistreated in various ways and kind of start to develop, you know, human emotions and kind of start to lash out. Uh, it's very dark, um, but really, really good. Is it the one with the cover where the girl's face is like split in half? Yes. Yes. I've, I've definitely seen that and been like, Oh, what is this? Mm -hmm. I, I, I have hit or miss with sci-fi and i don't know and it's funny because i i said this to amy kaufman and jay crystal but they were like i was like i don't really don't like sci-fi they're like but you do because that's anything that has science in it it's science fiction and i was like yeah you're right okay i guess i just in my mind you don't, she's like, doesn't have to have spaceships it's just futuristic or anything with science so i'm trying to like broaden my understanding and desire for these books so that actually sounds really cool yeah um, no I think that you would like it I'm kind of ironically the same way um I am not a fan of like hard sci-fi um but science fiction that really uh is focused on the characters um and the ways in which technology impacts our human lives like I love that um and and this is this is a really great example wow that sounds really cool um I'm just trying to think there's like, as you know, there's just so many things to read and it's kind of overwhelming. I'm looking at all my books right now. And I like, know. Oh, but, but then I, every time I interview an author, I'm like, okay, I got to put those on my list. I know. I'm constantly adding and, and my husband gives me a hard time because I'm always buying new books and he's like, you haven't read, read the last 20 that you bought. Um, I, I will. Yeah. I promise I will. What do you I might be dead first, but I will. Oh. <laughs> I know. It's really bad. Well, it's hard too because, like I said, I can listen while I edit, but you can't like listen and write. Like you can't. Yeah. You're working. You are working. Um, so that does make it hard too. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just the inevitable, endless to be read pile till we're till we're dead. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I have this gonna fantasy be. of like someday I'm gonna get my TBR list down to zero, but I know it's never really gonna happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Every Tuesday, I was actually researching us literally two days ago. There are so many authors. I know. Every Tuesday, I was just like, holy crap. Like, I was almost felt a little overwhelmed when I looked. Uh, this was like on Tuesday about how many books I didn't even know that came out, like sequels to books that I loved mm -hmm. and like debuts that just fell down the radar. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was a little daunting, actually. Um, so I can only imagine on your guys' end, like having to like, try to 
you know, make your voice heard and be seen in this sea of all of this, this wonderful stuff coming out. So it's just, I think the to be red pile is going to be like endless till we die. I really do. I do too. Just... I do too. Which I mean, there's worse problems to have um, oh, yeah. than, than having too many wonderful books out there to read. Um, but it is a little bit, I mean, even like as a writer, like I know that I have more stories in me than I will ever have time to write uh, in the course of my mm. lifetime. And I feel the same with books. Like I love books and I love stories but I'm, there's just, I'm never going to get through it all. And that a part of me gets really, really sad. I try not to think about <laughs> it. <laughs> you just do what, do what you can while you can. Yeah. Yeah. That actually reminds me, I meant to ask you earlier when we were talking more about like the book stuff, has your writing style changed over the years? Like from writing the original Chronicles to like, like for even for like a graphic novel or do you still kind of do your research and plotting and planning the same? most part my process has stayed more or less the same um I think every book has you know it's unique challenges that come up um and things that you have to do a little bit differently um but for the most part I mean I start with an idea kind of a what if this happened and then spend a period of time researching and brainstorming and then from that I make an outline and then I'm I'm a fan of the really fast first draft um, and try to just crank out the initial draft as quickly as I can to get all of my ideas out. Um, and then most of the, the work and the magic for me comes in revisions. Um, once I have a, a completed draft and I can see, okay, what's missing, what's working, what's not working, um, how can I make it better? And then go going through it a, a second, third or fourth time um, to, to try to improve it. I mean, if it, I guess if it ain't broke, if it's, it's the system that works for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there are, like, some things. Like, with Lunar Chronicles, um, the first few books, I was really intent on always writing them chronologically. I never skipped around. I, you know, started on chapter one, one and then I wrote chapter two, and then chapter three. Mm. Um, and then with Winter, um, because by the time you get to Winter, there are so many subplots going on and so many characters, mm. and they're all kind of you know, interweaving and like this couple is over here doing this thing and this character is over here doing this thing. And so with that book, I started where I would um, just like pick a character to focus on and write maybe four or five chapters from their perspective. And then I would switch to a different character and write their subplot and then kind of figure out how to weave them together. Hmm. Um, and so, and then that worked really well for that book. And then with going into Heartless and Renegades, um, I, I still had outlines and I knew the general progression of the story. Um, but I found myself jumping around a lot. Like, oh, today I feel like writing, um, you know, this really deep introspection scene. And, you know, tomorrow I would, I'd feel like writing, um, this really fun, upbeat, quirky scene. And I would kind of jump around, um, based on how I was feeling, um, which for whatever reason worked with those books. And yet with instant mm. karma, I kind of went back to being chronological again. So I don't really know why that happens. Um, but I, I'm, I'm past the point where I like am trying to tell myself like, okay, Marissa, no, you have yeah, to do it this way. It it's yep. like, no, if this is what's working now, then go with it. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the, the through line with that is that you're, it sounds like you're writing the, any particular day in the best way that you can that day and if that means jumping around because you're not motivated to write this scene but you're motivated to write that one then you do it whereas the others if it if the story moving forward chronologically made sense then you did it like it 
I mean, that makes sense, I think, from a creative sense. I was just curious, I guess, because with X amount of books and multiple series now under your belt, it's always interesting to see if if things change or if your, you know, way of doing things evolves. I don't know. I just was curious if, especially because now that you have <laughs> so many books out now, like, oh my gosh, I'm seriously going 12 plus one that's coming out plus three that are in possible <laughs> editing maybe stages. It's just like amazing because I love that you're just constantly um, – going oh what's the next story to tell which is awesome for us i'm not i'm i'm here for this because it's very fun your books are so much fun to read they really are oh thank you thank you and i'm i feel so lucky um that i you know have been able to build a career off of writing stories that i really love and enjoy um and knowing that they go out in the world and you know find their readers and people who also love and enjoy them i mean that's such a special thing um and you know kind of that that relationship from author to reader and being able to create something in my mind that then goes on to be created in your mind um it's it's its own sort of magic so i feel really really lucky that i get to do this yeah it's it's it really is a pleasure to like pick your books up it's just so much fun to read them like i said i've read them all but like revisiting the lunar chronicles like oh yeah i love the series how much i love the series and it was like i totally did I, i got sucked in i got lost again and you know, there's so much that happens and I don't have a great memory. So even certain things, I was like, oh, I forgot that that's what happened, you know, like and how that happened. And so, yeah, it's been really fun. So I'm glad that it's as enjoyable for you as it is for us, which is really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Marissa, for sitting down and talking with me today. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. It was always, you know, it's always fun to kind of hear where you guys are at and, you know, what you know what's the inspiration for things and and um you know just to kind of touch base and see what what's happening in writers lives so um thanks for listening guys we will be back next week with a new episode so stay tuned but from lauren and marissa we'll say bye goodbye